Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Welcome to episode 16 of Ready to Mosh and it's another special guest interview. Yep, this week we have a chat with Lake Malice. Yeah, so Lake Malice were one of our reviews. Uh, we reviewed their last single, Magic Square. Yeah. And we also mentioned them in the download review. Yeah, it was a great interview. Really good to talk with uh, Blake and Alicia again. Yeah, we um, actually met them at download in the courtyard after their performance there in the RIP stage. Had a chat with them there and mentioned if they wanted to come on the podcast and then... It's now happened. Yeah, um, and Blake had already mentioned that he listened to the podcast as well, which kind of was a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a head fog, I think, for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, when we hear that people actually listen to us. Um, but yeah, especially when it's a band that we like as well. Yeah. So yeah, hope you enjoy this. And it's Lake Mouse next. So in this week's episode, we've got another guest interview. We've got Blake and Alice from Lake Malice. How are you doing, guys? Hey. Hey. Yeah, very good. Very good. Just woke up from a nap. (laughs) But very good. Yeah. To to give you context, it's half past seven in the evening. So uh, that's a nice one. Yeah. (laughs) Rock and roll, baby. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good as well. Thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, we're all good. Thank you. Yeah, we're all good. Thank you. Okay, we'll get on with the questions then. So the first question we've got is, when and how did Lake Malice begin? Um, so we started the project about a year a year and a couple of months ago now, because the first single came out in August, didn't it? So yeah, it's a year in August from the first single. It must have been, yeah, a year and a couple of months. We met on... A Facebook group because uh, a Facebook page, yeah, yeah it was Brighton, Brighton yeah. Metal page or something like that. Metal people, yeah, Brighton Metal Heads or something stupid like that, yeah. yeah I was looking for <laughs> a project, um, and I really wanted to do something a bit heavier because I haven't done anything like that in a while. And I just posted stuff on several groups, like local groups in Brighton or stuff like that. And um, he, um, obviously, Blake was one of the people who sent me some demos um, and sounded really interesting. And from there, we just started to chat on Messenger, uh, like two um, proper boomers. And (laughs) (laughs) and then, yeah, and then everything started from there. We just started writing online and, yeah, about about that time. Yeah. Yeah, all during the pandemic. So interesting times. I'd always done, like, generic sort of metalcore stuff because mostly my – friend group where I lived in Hastings at the time was just I think into that sort of stuff and you kind of I kind of always wanted to try something from like a more I don't know open-minded almost like a pop approach to metal and when I saw like the influences that Alicia put on that Facebook post I was like okay shit this is actually like the sort of thing I've been dying to do for so long so yeah I just like messaged her thinking oh she's probably gonna have like hundreds of you know, people wanting to do a project like that. Thousands. Um, probably thousands. <laughs> and um, no. I didn't really expect much, much to come with it, to be honest, but I just, like, got working on demos straight away, like, in, in that style that she, she kind of, you know, posted about and the style that I'd always kind of wanted to do. I was like, okay, let's give it a go. Yeah, and obviously, um, it you know, clearly just our, our tastes were, were, were pretty well aligned. It was quite kind of like right place, right time, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was both. So when you talk about obviously kind of like the take your taste aligning, um, I suppose who or what are your influences? So um, for me, <laughs> this massive melting pot. So it, it all comes down to like kind of picking what you really want to put into your music from what you listen to. And um, it was quite difficult at first because we didn't really know what direction to take. But I was saying mainly, um, you know, uh, I haven't listened to metal in a long time, but when Spirit Box came out, I just found a lot of confidence in myself to come up and just start doing it again. I, I did it when I was like in my early 20s. I'm 30 now, so it's been a long time. And I just thought, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore. You know, I'm a grown up. Why should I scream on stage? You know, those stupid thoughts that make you doubt about yourself and what you like. 
So one of those bands that came out and really just gave me like this kind of, you know, like, ah, that, that sounds amazing. Why shouldn't I do that again? Just like I did before. And so a bit of obviously metalcore uh, influence, but then lots of, um, lots of alternative pop music as well. I've been listening to lots of Grimes. Um, Charlie XCX is one of my main influences. I really like what she does um, and what she's done, maybe not recently, but some previous work of hers were really experimental in terms of like pop music, getting to quite an extreme part of pop that is a bit more like towards this, um, like a collective of artists that called itself PC music. Um, I believe it was in the London area um, that included artists such as um, Sophie, uh, uh, Dorian Electra, uh, Slater, uh, Girlfriend of the Year. I mean, just that stuff, a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, uh, lots of hip hop, new metal as well. Absolutely. New metal is one of the big ones. Link Biscuit, Linkin Park, Core, whatever, throw it at me. I'm always, you know, <laughs> always going to be into that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the same for me as well, to be honest. Like, I, I just discovered like that year during lockdown, I just went on like a big binge of just discovering music. I think it was like 2020. I just, I just kind of found my tastes drastically change. Um, I was just getting really, really inspired by this almost this new sort of wave of like bands just um, that we're now, I now feel like we, we're kind of, you know, we've had opportunities to sort of like almost meet some of the, these bands. I started off being really inspired by like Wargasm, for example, got me so like, got my mind open to how you can incorporate so many, you know, elements into music. It doesn't have, metal doesn't have to just be breakdowns and riffs and, you know, you can, you can add like elements of you know drum and bass and things like that, and you can just really throw whatever you want at it to express yourself. And yeah, like Orgasm were really influential to me for that. Um, and then there's other bands like Vakovi who kind of like they they, they have some really stonking riffs, like some really nasty sort of heavy riffs, but also it's wrapped up in this like pop production, um, and the vocals just kind of sit on top in a really beautiful way and it's you know it's just so and that, that drove us to want to work with um the guy that produced some of their music uh, bruce rintel um so that kind of guided us in a certain direction to begin yeah. with um so bands like that you know and these were this is all stuff that i discovered you know at the beginning of the year before i met alicia and it was just kind of weird because i think our our aspiration to do what we're doing now was was really close to you know to sort of um this this music that you now i discovered and, and you, you know you've been listening to for a while and it kind of yeah i think it just it just kind of felt like at the right time for me to you know to begin that sort of project it was really really cool um yeah i'm not sure i mentioned but grimes is just like she blows my mind like her production um and her songwriting is just insane and i feel like if we can we can achieve some of the, the chaos that she can achieve in her productions, like some subtle, like chaos of the, the layering of instruments. Then so ethereal. Ethereal. Well. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like we'll be kind of, you know, to offer something really cool, you know, and that sort of heavier spectrum of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like crimes can kind of like make stuff feel heavy without making heavy music as we know it. You know, it's almost like, yeah, but that's how I feel about like Charlie. And Charlie like, as well. Yeah. Gigs, yeah. There's songs where you feel like you're literally moshing into the one. It's pop. It's pop. Yeah. 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 Like, violence in it. <laughs> well, and I've also grown up on metal, you know, like Metallica was like my favorite, pretty much my favorite band from when I was like, when I first discovered heavy music until like I was 14. And yeah, like I just, I, I always want to make sure that in this project we can throw in big heavy riffs, you know, and like really just like crushing stuff, but also we can take take it to sort of the, the more sort of, you know, uh, poppy side of stuff as well. And Poppy, by the way, is an awesome artist that mm. really mm-hmm. inspires us both as well in this project. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to writing the music, do you normally write the music first or the lyrics first? And are you both involved in the writing process? We started off writing, obviously, um, during lockdown so we, we couldn't meet up um so it was mainly me just kind of sitting there coming out of riffs and things and as a good guitarist generally i think most guitarists they they wait until they've got what feels like a good riff and then try and build a song around that um so that's kind of how we started doing things but now i think our approach is kind of it's, it's slightly different i think in yeah, a way 
think we are, we just have a structure that we apply. Like we don't have a one size fit all for songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it comes from um, a melody that uh, Blake wrote um, with synths or with guitars, depending on the vibe of the song. And sometimes it starts from my lyrics. Um, I started writing lyrics a lot more at the moment so it, it, it kind of becomes more like the music is there and then we try to adapt the lyrics to it but I used I used to like you know up until a year ago it was more like he wrote the music and then I will like kind of prioritize the melody and then write some words that fit will fit the melody sacrificing a bit of the meaning so um I feel like it's been evolving quite a lot from from a year ago I'll we'll say but um uh it, it is definitely like um a process that is um how do you say it in English? <laughs> One way. Togetherish. <laughs> Sounds like a real word. Yeah. Let's go, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't consider myself like much of a musician. So whenever Blake is writing and, you know, he's on Logic Pro doing his thing, what I do is usually just say, oh, maybe you could add this like da boom here. And that's my language to explain like well, yeah. what the drums could do or what like this kind of sound could be like. And then he spends three hours looking for a plugin or something and make that sound <laughs> yeah. in my mouth. So it's very time consuming, very slow. Yeah, but can't be, can't we? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the process. Yeah, yeah. I think um like to yeah, generally I will probably write, you know, like most of all the music pretty much, but um we'll have a little bit of input from Bruce into our producer. He'll kinda of take the the synths and things that I've sent to him and be like, nah, this is this is crap and they'll just completely like change stuff that way. Um not always, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, generally it's kind of a, um, more recently we've been kind of working together and we just sort of sitting down, trying not to, like one of the, the kind of the, the things we've been trying to work through is knowing when a song's done, you know, because it's quite easy this day and age, recording at home, writing at home, is to just kind of get a bit carried away and a bit too like zoomed in on on one song and you go like, so you need to reality like, check this yourself. This is becoming like a, a therapy session for Blake. <laughs> Yeah. Saying, I'm sorry it takes me so long and I keep changing songs over and over. <laughs> I don't mind, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we'll, we'll get to like the, the 20th version of, of a riff and then the literature will just be like... Get it back to what yeah. it was before, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you change it? Yeah. So yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's all part of the process. And, uh, we, we, do, we do need to probably like write more. I think that's our, one of our biggest weaknesses is that we kind of... We, we we just I guess we've been so busy this year. Yeah. Um we haven't yeah, but we're we're trying to hopefully get to give a little EP, aren't yep. we? Yeah. For, for some point in the future. So yeah. It's come we've already got lots of new ideas sort of floating around. So Awesome. So correct me if I'm wrong, but your first tour was with Death Blooms? That was the one. Um, how did you get the support slot for Death Blooms? Um Right, so I believe we got, um, we became part of the roster of uh, Echelon talent agency um, slightly before that happened, didn't it? Um, but I think it all started when Paul, who's the front, well, he's Deathloom, so he's a good, he's the front person in Deathloom, saw, um, saw an ad on Facebook of our music, <laughs> which I was running at the time. Uh, yeah, and he just, he was just really into the band and a... I don't know what happened. Like, I remember distinctly the beginning of this this um, seed being sown. I woke up one morning and bear in mind, at this point, we, we'd not done any gigs. We didn't have any contacts, any bands or anything like that. Um, we were just an internet band that had a few followers, you know, somehow. Um, and I had, we had a comment on and As Everything Unfolds post. And they I think the post was like, about their Camden Assembly show, which was sold out, and they were looking for support bands. And I'd seen that um, Paul Barrow, which is basically Death Blooms, he had um, posted Get Lake Malice on this show as a comment. Ah, and I, I don't remember I, and that. I remember reading it. No, no, it wasn't Paul Barrow posted it. It was actually, he posted it from the Death Blooms account. Okay. So, um, okay. so and, and then, like, I think I discovered Death Blooms, like, two weeks before. I was loving it. I was like, oh, my God, this band is so Bad sick. Girling, real yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. But, but then, like, I read this comment and, like, my brain was half asleep. And I was like, Death Blooms just commented <laughs> our name 
<laughs> to get us a support on the Nazareth Unfold show. Yeah. And it took me about 20 to 30 minutes to actually process that. <laughs> I just kept reading it like, what? I didn't know what I was like, it just It felt so surreal. Yeah. yeah, so surreal. But yeah, then it was like supposed to be another band supporting. Um, but because of COVID, they were coming from abroad, I think, uh, overseas, and they couldn't make it. So um, it was like, do you want to come? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and just kind of went from happened. there, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it took a huge, huge sort of gamble on us. I think, you know, yeah, we, we were, never played live before, so there was we've uh, never done a single show before. The trust we just went straight into a twelve-day tour mm-hmm. in two weeks, um, off the back of being an internet band. It was it was pretty weird. That that was actually the first time we saw you guys um, supporting Paul. Um, oh, and, yeah. not, and I that's think, amazing. yeah, I think I, was that your second gig. Which uh, show was that one, sorry? Uh, the Nottingham one at Rock City Beta. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was a couple of days in, I think, by that point. Yeah. But it was one of the, still like probably the, the fourth yeah, or yeah. fifth show, I think. Yeah. yeah. That, that Nottingham City thing. show is so funny, man. Like we, I remember, because this, this was all new to us still at that point, And I remember trying to turn up back in vocals or something on my laptop and I just paused everything. <laughs> and then we just had to finish a song without backing track, and we none of us knew what, 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 where we were in the song. And we, it just, I remember it all, all finished, and I was just bright red. I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what's happened here. This is a mess. <laughs> but obviously, it wasn't too, uh, too noticeable. So nobody noticed, right? Right. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, nobody noticed. And um, I think everybody was just loving, loving the sound that you guys were producing. Sorry, what was that, Leecho? And that's very good to hear that. Um, we were talking with Paul after the show, um, and we said to him at that point, like, the incredible support that you guys were. And Paul's words were, tell me about it. I'll be supporting them in a few years. Oh, <laughs> you know, so he, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, he believes in the project more than we believe in the project. Yeah, <laughs> that's mental. Oh, I'm Yeah, I mean, you guys were really good that night. Um, as, soon, kind of, as soon as you started playing, I was, you know, totally hooked. Kind of like, what is this? I love this. Was so um, good. Thank you. That, yeah, it, it yeah. really helps with confidence, especially when you're yeah. like, not, you know, you haven't been doing it for a long it's, time. It felt like a weird show in a way because that stage at Rock City beta is it beta or wherever the, the, the stage was there yeah. it was so so high and the rooms in relation to the, the, the height of the stage was kind of small so it feels like you're just quite exposed you know you and it's a weird sort of it's like a corner stage as well so you yeah. kind of got people from pit. all there angles a little mosh pit going on though yeah, yeah. somebody fell or something oh was <laughs> <laughs> you remember yeah, you i think a couple of people went over that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you did well, guys. You can go now. <laughs> that was awesome. It's a strange little setup in beta because um, I think you guys have to come from the side and then come round to the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind yeah. of work through really the crowd. Good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was all right though. It was absolutely amazing, more than what we could expect for a first tour. Definitely. Yeah, so. I, I was full on having tour, sort of like you know, flu by that point. Like it just goes around the van, and you just. Everyone's got a cold for like a couple of days, and I remember like the struggle was real at that point. But... Oh Jesus! Yeah. Sorry, we've got a dog barking in the background there. I'm not sure if uh, that's right. that's really okay. up or not. But... Sophie, pain in the, pain in the ass, the dog. She wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> so you played at Download this year on the Park Farm Courtyard. How did that particular booking come come about? And when did you find out about it? How far in advance? Uh, it wasn't a lot in advance, actually. It was like, what, a month before? Was it a month in advance? Mm. A couple of months, maybe? Yeah. I think we, we, ge- knew. we definitely didn't expect to play download like this mm. year at all. We were like, that's just not going to happen. And also, like, it's, it's not the show that you expect um, in the first year you're doing stuff at all so yeah that's the last kind of you know we, we had it in our objectives obviously you know if you want to have um, a clear idea where you want to be it's better for you to like kind of work hard towards your objectives it's all great we had it right, written down in like kind of dreams you know lists of things like to tick but definitely it wasn't like expected to happen yeah this year um and i think it came through um 
our management. Uh, it came through Echelon, didn't it? Mm. Um, I pre- it was- no, I think Liam got the offer. Oh, I right. think I think it was through Liam. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't realize they had a stage for like the RIP, RIP campus. Like, I because I've never been RIP camping in Dunwich. Mm-hmm. So um, when I found out about it, I was like, "Courtyard stage? Wow, what's that?" Just <laughs> 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 like, is this this is what is this? What does this mean? Um, but Paul. Um, I played it with Death Balloons a couple of years back, and he said, "Like this, this is amazing. Like, yeah, this is a good, good opportunity for you guys." And I mean, just being, at, you know, having the opportunity, like you say, to, to do download in the first sort of like real years of project is something we could never have expected. You yeah, know, we felt way, totally, yeah. um, you know, like we almost felt undeserving. Oh, like, like kind of imposter you know, syndrome, yeah. kind of. Yeah, there's so many people who are there for so long that it makes you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. But but then it's also amazing, so, you know, you don't enjoy what, what, you know, life throws at you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that the thing we've learned with, um, you know, putting your hat in the ring, I guess, for gigs and things like that is that sometimes things don't don't happen, you know, like it might feel like a certainty, but then, you know, um, things fall through or plans can change. So you kind of don't let yourself get too excited, I think, until mm. you see that poster. Mm. And that, that poster comes out and you've got your name on it. That's when you're like, oh, my God, it's happening. happening. And yeah. then, then you can get excited. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. But, 100%. Yeah, so that was, that was a cool moment seeing the download dog um, on the mm. poster and our, our little stupid logo on there as well. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it's surreal. It's surreal. I, I remember when we saw you on the lineup, it was like, mm. oh, my God, you're in the courtyard. That's amazing. We <laughs> get straight there to the courtyard for that. It was um, it was a great performance as well. And well, thank, thank you. you, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Really liked it. Like, um, yeah. I've never played a festival before. That's my first yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Scary. It's good to have a big stage and, and be able to run and do things. And um, I was hoping not to trip over, and I didn't. And that's a win. And that's, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, like what else do you do? It was insane. Yeah, I found it quite stressful the way because you you know when you play a festival you don't get sound check. Like, I didn't realize that. Like, okay, you know, and sound checks for us are so so you know it's crucial because I think where we're you know free piece we have a lot of instruments kind of on backing tracks and you know, they're for certain bits um, and getting the levels of that stuff can be really worrying if you don't get to test that out before you play. Um, because sometimes that can, you know, can, can really affect the performance. But also, you know, you just you, you kind of you want the confidence knowing that you're going to walk out there and sound good, right? And with with download, you're basically um, you're, you're dropped off in your van like half an hour before you're on, um, or maybe fifteen minutes before you're on, um, and you've got to just get all your gear out ready to go. You know, like you're setting up outside the tent. And as soon as that fans off that's before you, you're just rushing on. It's like it. a, it's... a little bird, you know, thrown out of the nest yeah. from, from the parents who are like, go fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was us. Yeah, that was us. And I, you know, if you see bands handle that so well because their setups are, are very, you know, they're, they're, they're tour worthy, they've been doing it for years and they know exactly what like, they're doing. But we're still, we're still kind of new to this, aren't we, in a way? So it was kind of terrifying thinking, you know, like, I hope this all. You know, you have that, that pre-gig anxiety that kind of just doesn't really go away until you, you, know, you step on stage and then it doesn't really matter so what happens after that. But, yeah, it was yeah, kind of terrifying experience, but also also amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I suppose I think I know what the answer is going to be, but what's been your favourite show that you've played so far? I think, well, okay, I'll let you go first, actually. Uh, I, think, I think my favourite show was the Boston music room uh in london with um with death blooms actually okay i i think that was my favorite show i just it just felt like it was the first time for me to like that i realized there were people there for us like singing the songs i've never seen anything like that like in my mm-hmm. entire music believe it or not i've done music before and i played in bands and that was the first time i've seen it and it was just mind-blowing it was just beautiful um and it just like the whole vibe because it was the end of a tour and it was like, you know, the night where you, you kind of have to give it all you got. And it, that was just incredible for me. 
just the energy um, in the place. But, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for me, I think, I think it might. It's really, really hard. Really, really hard to say actually. But it's it's either that one or like the last show we did with Hat with Hacktivist um, at the Underworld, Camden Underworld. Oh, yeah. Or or download. Or download. I, I think I think in a way like I preferred the the Underworld show with Hacktivist because the Boston Music Room one with Death Blooms, I had to play for Death Blooms straight after that <laughs> show. So you know that you can't fully be like, right, I'm gonna get smashed after this <laughs> you know, my head or whatever. Like, you're just like I'm, I'm gonna go find a towel and then just put some get pulled to rub black eyeliner, uh, eyeliner in my eyes and <laughs> just put up these smelly gloves in my face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the download one it was kind of it was it's definitely like up there of course but it's it's i, I guess like i was so stressed out i remember because uh, i don't know about you because you were getting ready but i've got this kind of last minute podcast appearance because somebody wasn't there or something so they got me on this podcast um suffering podcast with uh, yeah. with paul and Superman, uh as everyone falls uh, and um i was like what the heck am i doing here like, does anybody know who i am <laughs> absolutely not so i had to do that and then walk to the stage and play the show so i was like so tense so maybe that's the reason why uh, I didn't feel like completely, you know, relaxed. But, yeah, there was just a lot going on. Nevertheless, I really on, enjoyed it. Right? It was fun. But. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, with the RIP stage, you had a lot of people who were, like, kind of um, just, I, I guess they weren't, like, ready to go for ham yet. They were like, this is, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's not quite. It's the beginning of the festival. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of warming up, like, yeah. you know. And it felt like, um, yeah, people were there just kind of to, like, what to watch and enjoy stuff. But, you know, and I guess like the difference is that when you're playing like you know a he- with a, a band that's headlining a venue, um, everyone's there to you know to just get sweaty because it's just a one-off thing, it's isn't one it? Night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, kind of, it was right you know, obviously early on in down in the downloader weekend that one. Mm-hmm. Um, still incredible, still incredible, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah but the hate the, the hate show is just mad because the stage is it's an iconic venue. The underworld always obviously was wanted to play that venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like our sound was really good that night. I just felt like it was, yeah. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, the sound can make such a big difference. And I guess, the yeah, that download one, our sound was quite hard to, like, gauge whether it was good or not. Mm. I just, I couldn't really hear much. But, um, yeah, yeah, they've all been incredible shows, haven't they? Like, yeah. it's every single show we play is, is a privilege, like, just to be there. I feel so, so lucky. Do you think you may ever recruit any other permanent members into Lake Malice at all? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I, like, I kind of want to, but I just want us to become very rich first. <laughs> I feel like it makes sense for everybody, you know, to be in a project where everybody just puts like the same effort and puts the same ideas and the same expenses are coming back because it, like that's also like a, a side of it, the financial side of things like we don't want to put this kind of uh commitment to anybody else that is not um you know ready to commit but um i, I kind of feel like we already have an official member in jamie who's playing drums for us he's just you know you don't see him marketing material but he's always there playing drums for us and i, I feel yeah. like he's literally like a brother to me and i don't know like if, if we really couldn't make it for one show, then yeah, okay, you get another drummer. But ideally, I'd like him to be there all the time. I just think he's yeah. just amazing under every aspect, you know. And and you also want, like, a talented person that who's also, like, really nice to be around, you know, because yeah, you have right? to do so many things together. And he's just that kind of person. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about him. I mean, I, th- I think the, the the thing that's kind of stopped us i guess from turning this project into like a five piece or whatever is our previous experiences i've Mm. I've always had um really kind of really tough time finding committed people and there's so many criteria to fulfill isn't there like this they've got to be like down to earth and committed but just have the right you know temperaments and things to to, to make make it all work yeah Um, and not just yeah i had the same experience yeah yeah. we wanted it to be easy and we wanted two heads in it yeah um i felt like that's what we needed you know i think this 
you know, it's part of the reason why for us this project has been more successful than our previous projects is because it has been easy, hasn't it, to just make decisions. Like writing is 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 more streamlined. There's less, you know, people to sign off, you know, the parts and things. Yeah. Um, you know, there are like drawbacks to to doing a duo. Um, mm. Financially, it's it's pretty hard, like splitting everything between two. Um, especially at this point where we're quite early on still, you know, there's not a lot of, well, there's not really any money coming back to mm-hmm. us, you know, really at this point. Um, so it's, it is financially difficult, but I think, you know, the reason why we've been able to just do so much is because it, it we are, you know, it's just, it's just two people that have to have a shit together and not, not five, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, yeah. so that's always been the problem for me is having, you know, full bands of, you know, I don't know how bad, I, don't, I really don't know how big bands make it work. You know, I don't, I don't know how Slipknot like made it. Like, <laughs> that was a nightmare. Like. They're rich. Yeah, well, they are yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so that's I don't know, but yeah, that is answer the question. Like, I, I think it's definitely aspiration for us is to have more of what you hear in the songs played live and yeah. less reliance on the backing tracks because yeah, we want to. You do know, that. We're, we're already working yes. on ways of doing that. Yes. Um, but I think it will happen when. You know, the right people show up at the right time and yeah. it will make sense to do it. So, yeah. Well, who knows when it'll be, but hopefully, uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully soon. So, Magic Square, where did the idea for the video come from? Our brains. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No Our way. Our brains. <laughs> um, yeah, they, uh, oh, my God, where did they come from? We... Uh, you know the typical horror movie <laughs> where a few people go to a house on holiday and they get murdered. That's the kind of like uh, that was. Yeah. A, I mean, that comes from the, the lyrics, really. Like the, the song is just about this um, up and coming, not up and coming. What's the word to say? Rising. Help me. You're the English-speaking person here. Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think you speak better English than me most of the time. I really don't. We've been for like during the pandemic, probably even before then. But like, there's been yeah, it's kind of uprising. You know, our true crime documentaries, and um, you know, it's kind of obsession with um, with uh, you know, just gory content in general. Um, uh, that is about real life, though. So um, yeah, so you know, the idea of having you know uh everything covered in blood <laughs> and then making it an american psycho came from a mix between these kind of true documentaries ideas yeah. um then also like you know movies that really um we're really, really passionate about um which you know uh yeah. I couldn't mention one right now, but you know, <laughs> we're both fan of horror. Yeah, I think it was like kind of we'd, we'd gone through the sort of the you know, the sort of winter period of hibernating and just watching everything on Netflix, basically. And, and it was, wasn't it, at that time, just full of, it was you know, just, like documentaries just, on. like, shocking just stuff. Evil My people. first thing I think about uh, is, like, um, Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah. That was like that. absolutely insane. Um, There's so many others on top of that, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was just like a... I think the, the, the thing with, like, doing a video um, with the sort of budget that we have is that you can't really go... Um, too technical or too like kind of uh, complex yeah. of your idea because you know you're shooting for one day yeah and even the most simple idea is going to be like hard to do in one day with just one cameraman no director no make you know it's just yeah there's no budget for this thing it's just we're paying a guy to film it and that's it and it's so you have to keep your ideas quite um, reserved in a way. Because initially the idea was for me to murder you and Jamie, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but like the murder scene was gonna get quite difficult with a with a chainsaw. So we thought, well, why don't we just you know yeah. make it a little more visual, um, just uh, just you know keep it quiet. Uh, it's kind of funny as well. I think. Yeah, um, I think I think we learned a lesson about how cold it can get being covered in fake blood in the middle of a field. Um, at night in winter February, with, with just like one layer of clothing on and I had that like white <laughs> contact lenses so I couldn't see anything so they were literally like guiding me in the woods to tell me okay you need to go here the uh-huh. camera is here like, and I had this fake blood going into my eyes and it was burning because my eyes had a lot lenses in so I was blind it was cold and it was burning my eyes Worth it. <laughs> it was. It awful. was fun though. It was, it was really. Fun. It was really fun. Like yeah. the Airbnb because that was an Airbnb and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
we were, we were like, if we just like put like dust sheets down and just like get a lot of fake blood everywhere, is that cool? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Kudos to the, the couple. That, she was amazing, to be fair. Yeah. Like, really, really um, they're relaxed about really the whole nice, thing. Yeah. And they were llamas. Llamas. They were llamas. They were alive. They were fine. <laughs> <laughs> the llamas were great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's oh, incredible. The, the video looks so mm. polished and. Oh, thank you. Really, really well made. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, thank you, Loki. We work with Loki Films. He's so good. So yeah, it's a guy sure. guy called Sean who's based in Lincoln, and he um, he does videos for lots of bands, but he charges an incredible rate for what you get. Honestly, he's so affordable. If that guy ever stops doing what he does, I don't know what bands will do. There won't be as many cool videos around. That's for sure. Yeah. He's he's nuts. He, that's he, for Sean. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen. Um, the video. What's that sleep token track? Um, in the mansion. Oh, um, you know what I mean. I, I can't remember the name, but it's like a spider outside. Yeah, he does like all sleep. Kind of. He does all sleep tokens videos, pretty much, and they look phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's just got an insane. He does a lot of shows. He does. He does loads of loads of loads of bands, but he's just so affordable. It's amazing. Like, he's, and he's a great guy. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Props to um to Loki Films for always having our back basically yeah, yeah I, well it's a great choice i've seen some of the bands that he's worked with you know kind of like skindred hacktivist yeah yes. i'm like the you look through that and it's like that's why this video looks so good it is just yeah you yeah. can tell it goes. it's a great choice yeah thanks yeah, yeah. yeah definitely yeah love that guy then we'll work with him again so <laughs> Right, it's time for the quick fire round, I think, now, if you're ready yeah. for that. Well, yeah. I've just smashed a coffee, so let's let's go. I'm ready. Okay. What was the first album you owned? Um, Meteora by Linkin Park. Oh, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. Oh, oh Hybrid Theory, <laughs> purist. I was before you. Oh, I got in there before you. Uh, yeah, you're older. One year older. So One it makes year sense. Older. It makes sense. That makes all the difference. <laughs> it probably wasn't the first album I owned, actually, but it's the first album that I can remember I owned. So. Really enjoyed, yeah. What would be your death row meal? So you get a starter, a main, a dessert, and a drink. I don't do starters, so we'll just go with main, and I will yeah. have like so my my hometown from Italy has like a typical dish. Um, it's not very vegan friendly, so <laughs> I apologize. You can make a vegan version though, um, which is called panissa, and it's like this uh, risotto from my region. I think it's Carnaroli risotto. With like beans and like I think pork fat and like red wine and and onions and um, salami. It's the heaviest thing you could ever eat, and then they put like parmesan on top, and it's like it's amazing. But yeah, you can take it with a meat and be just with beans and red wine, and and you know, and the beans have to be the local, local ones. And then I will have crepe with Nutella as a dessert. And that's it. <laughs> and I can die happy. Wow. You and have... the drink has to be red wine. Again, from my region, it's called, uh, it's like fizzy red wine. I know it's very not typical here in England. Or yeah. That's an unusual one. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. It's called Bonarda or Barbera. There's a few types. That's my favorite. Like I drink it every day. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I, I would ask whoever's like, going to execute me if they could just drown me in satay sauce and that would be my meal as <laughs> yeah. well as my punishment <laughs> that's true actually. yeah you would um, drink it as well i would drink it i'd probably <laughs> drink my way out of it and then run away Aha. um a couple of years back my um, my flatmate at the time he made the, the best meal that i could probably never eat again if i want to live is fried fried chicken which I don't know who he does to make it so good, but it's it's insane the way he makes fried chicken. But we we were dipping it in caviar, and it sounds it sounds mental, but it's like the most lavish thing ever. Um, it's wow. pretty mad. Uh, so yeah, fried chicken dipped in caviar. My main, I missed so my, classy. I, I don't know what have to start. <laughs> maybe maybe something to do with satay sauce for a starter. But um, dessert, I think like cheesecake. Maybe I quite like cheesecakes. You just want to copy what I said. Do you say Tell them the truth. No. I'm seriously thinking at the time. Yeah, and, and uh, it's hard to say like what my favorite drink is. Probably say anything with coffee. Like I'm on a bit of like espresso martini hype at the moment. So 
Yeah, like right now I'll take one of those, like a strong espresso martini. Right before bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's me. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really much of a foodie. I just, I just like things that will probably kill me in like five years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so what was the first gig you ever watched? I, I distinctly remember seeing um, Green Day um, with my mum. That was pretty sick. Um, well, I, I know there were some bands before that. Ah, oh, fuck! What are they called? Um, I've forgotten the name. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bullets and Octane. That was it. I remember being at Bullets and Octane gig. Do you remember those guys? The oh, name rings a bell. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know if they're still a thing, but um, yeah, Bullets and Octane. That was me. I think mine was a day to remember. Okay. That was that phase. <laughs> that phase, you know. That phase. Yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. They had like heart-shaped balloons flying around. It was very cheesy. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember the support. I tend to forget a lot of things, so it's a miracle I remember this. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to like pinpoint the very first gig, but like, yeah, it's like. I just remember like my mom taking me to like lots of gigs and I was like too young to go myself and that was amazing. Like she took me to see Metallica a couple of times, I made them, yeah, like Green Day and stuff like that. It was yeah, it was really cool. Definitely planted oh, wow. the seed for wanting to play music for sure. What are your favourite Chris? Oh, that's got me off guard, that one. Okay, actually no, I I do know. Can do you wanna go first? I don't like Chris that much. <gasps> don't like <laughs> No, I really like, I eat chocolate. Like, I'm, I was literally eating chocolate now. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm sweet tooth person, so. But I have to choose maybe Pringles, but. Pringles are pretty solid choice, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, they're, they're really hard to get hold of, but they're like the, the Flaming Hot Cheeto Swirls. They're like the really, like, um, like, fluffy, crunchy swirls. They're huge as well. They're like, they're like the size of your thumb. Um and they're so Moorish, you can just like just they only sell huge packets, um, and yeah, you can just go to town and like bloody like family size pack of them um, if you can find them. And I've, I've never seen those no, anywhere. I was going to say I've seen yeah. the normal flaming Cheetos, but not those ones. Ah, uh, yeah, they're really hard to find. Like I think they're yeah, normally. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm inventing a crisp because I don't know. <laughs> I'm just inventing one on the spot. <laughs> that does not sound like a date, to be fair. Real awkward. Um, yeah. yeah, I think like smaller like off licenses and things tend to have them more than the supermarkets. But look out for them, and if you do see them, you will not regret them. They are they're incredible. I get sad every time I I can't find them in a supermarket. I look every That's time. A lot of times then. Yeah. <laughs> so you're an email. <laughs> Triggered my Chris. Sad. Yeah. What would be your dream tour lineup? And you can include yourselves on that lineup if you want to. Well, that's a mad one. Um, does it have to be bands which are like currently active? No. So yeah, like, any band you want. Even people who are bad. Wow. Okay. Should we do a joint tour lineup? Like the, the Beatles? What are you going to bring up currently active? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, just, just checking. Like, so well, because well, no, it might. Okay, so one of my fa- one of my favorite bands who are no longer active are called Let Live. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh yeah, Let Live. Yeah, um, they like well, yeah. The, the front man for Let Live has like the most incredible energy like, I've ever seen. Um, yeah, they're, they're great. <laughs> but okay, so let, let's let's do a joint um, let's do a joint tour, shall we? Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll pick like two each, I guess. Okay. Um, so I was like definitely like uh, Poppy as a headliner. Okay, yeah, Poppy's um, our headliner. Can we get Grimes on the bill as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got Poppy Grimes. Um, are we playing? Should we play? We should. Yeah, de- we should definitely yeah. play. I think we should play. We're gonna play. I love how we did some heavier stuff on there as well. So I'm gonna throw out there um, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Not that heavy, but yeah, yeah. Mm. I've never seen them live. No, I never actually got to see them live either. Which sucks. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, that would be the dream. This is a mad tour. They were, yeah. yeah. And Venga Boys. 
Yeah. Yeah, cool. So weird. <laughs> that's going to be that's mad. That's a great yeah. mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. everything in there. Mm. Makes no sense. <laughs> I'll be selling out like just every in arena. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Cool. I'm down for that tour. Right. Next one is what's your pre gig drink? Uh, gin and tonic for me. Just because mm-hmm. it doesn't make me burp as much as beer. And if I'm singing, I don't want to have to. Because it will interrupt the singing. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much of a ritual at like pre gig. Um, I drink a lot of water though. Like I, I don't. I'm just someone that gets like so crazy, incredibly man. like so thirsty. Like I get so dehydrated, and the only thing that I feel like hydrates me is water. So I just I'm just sipping water all day long, all the time. Um, I feel like coffee can sometimes actually make me kind of anxious, but I do love coffee. But I try not to have coffee too close to playing. Um, say water. <laughs> I save like I save like beers and stuff for after we've played because like, oh, you want you want to you know go up and like have a shot, you know, clear head and stuff. And I mean, if Paul to... if Paul was here, we'll say you need to have a shot before going on stage. Oh but... yeah, yeah. If I was, yeah. <laughs> we usually like refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, sometimes it is nice to have like a beer, but it just depends. Like, that's how my tummy is like. I'll get. I'll like. I need to visit the toilet a couple of times for playing a gig. It's like a big gig. And, That's not open that. I like. Yeah, Pandora's w- box. Water is a safe. Is the safe bet. Yeah. yeah. Pandora's box. <laughs> okay. So, what biscuit are you? Oh, I am a fancy biscuit that they only find <laughs> in home sense. <laughs> well, that is definitely. You. Oh my yeah. god, they're so good. It's like this. It's called biscottoni, which means like big biscuits, and I think they're made in Italy. That's why I buy them, and I always find them sometimes, not all the time. They're just this massive. Can you describe them better than me? They're, 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 they're big just, biscuits. They're just like quite crumbly, thin-ish things that you dip in coffee, basically. Yeah, and they have like normal flavor, then they have cappuccino flavor, chocolate flavor. They're very simple. They're just like usually less sweet than the generic kind of British. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm really into them. Um, whenever I find them, I'm like, what? Yeah. So Tony. I I think I might be like a Jaffa cake, possibly, <gasps> but I'm not sure that's allowed. So it's not a it's not a biscuit. It's a cake. <laughs> it's, it's got it's got my cake in it. I guess. Shame I'll give you that now. Uh, okay. Well, plan B then. I think I might be a bourbon biscuit. Okay. They're, they're, they're cheap. Um, they've got like a... Because <laughs> they're cheap. Because they're cheap, man. <laughs> you get so many. And like, they're just the best thing to dip in a hot drink. I'm all about dipping dip a biscuit in a hot drink. Do you have to like, give me more context as to, as to why I am a bourbon biscuit? I wouldn't go. I wasn't quite sure. I the... wouldn't go there, Blake. Right, okay. You said it's because it's cheap and, you know, you don't want to... <laughs> And they're saying you're cheap. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'll stop there. <laughs> um, I'm cheap, crumbly, and sometimes I've got um, a Tesco value value sticker sticker on me. Yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a knockoff brand of bourbon biscuits. Delicious. <laughs> right, last one in the quick fire round. Then is what was the last song that you listened to? Uh, what was the last song. I have it. I have it here. Sorry, give me a second. Give me a second. It's probably open. I was listening to Sit and Carla. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. I just I was feeling a little anxious in the car and I needed to chill. So we just put on Sit and Carla. I want to chill. Um, it's called Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> From Sit and Carla. I just want to chill. So yeah. Yes. I think the, the, well, the last song I remember hearing was Shimmy Gummy Eyes. Yeah, it might have been the actual last song, but it's the last one I was like, I'm listening to a song. Like that registered in my brain as a, as a moment listening to a song. <laughs> it was Shimmy Gummy Eyes. That's by Grimes. But that that's like it's weirdly catchy. Like it just I probably listened to it about ninety million times since it's been released. It's ridiculous. Um yeah. goes hard, that song. Not much metal these days, to be honest. It's it's quite hard. Although I'm very much like well. 
I was listening to a lot of Death Blooms this year. Like, I, I think when when I get my Spotify re, like recap thing come through, it's going to be like four hundred hours of Death Blooms. It's going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> That's cute. Can't wait. Cute. <laughs> you'll you'll definitely have to share what your recaps are. Mm. Share your yeah, Spotify highlights. I'd I'd love some insight into that. It's going to be eclectic as hell. Like, It'll look so like weird. we have. Split like personality sort of disorder. The ad disorder. <laughs> it will look like that, yeah. For sure. Um, you were filming a new video last week. We saw a few sneak peeks on Instagram. Um, can you tell us any more about it and when is it going to be released? What can we say? Soon. Very mm-hmm. soon. Well, can we say like the month we're aiming to release it um, by? September, yeah. Yeah, yeah hopefully September. September. So, yeah. yeah. There's, there's like a few moving parts, right? That need, sort of need to come together yeah. in order to get like a release date. We're not quite there with that yet. But um, yeah. we are hopefully, yeah, hopefully September. That'll be, that'll be like early September, I'm hoping. Wait, sorry, what was the question about the video or the song? Um, well, a bit of both. Can you tell us any more about the video? What's in it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so, because this is song, it's a song about um, codependency and in relationships. The video um, is it, set in a church, which, well, in my head, it represented like the ultimate kind of idea of commitment, where you know, I'm dressed as a bride. Um, but there's like a kind of parallelism between you know this bride um, and. Uh, the the dark side of the relationship that represents her future if she does commit to this relationship um, which is the toxic side of the relationship which is not necessarily meant to be something you know to be ashamed of as well people that go through some very dark stuff and have to support one another but because to me that was a very selfish song where you know um, literally in the chorus it says I don't want to be your lifeline Um, so just kind of um, yeah, the video just tells a story. It's not a story; it's more visual, I would say, than the narrative. But yeah, it has this this bride uh, looking herself in a mirror and seeing this this demon. That's the mirror, by the way. Because we bought it for the video, we were like, "Let's keep it; it's really cool." <laughs> and she sees this this pregnant demon <laughs> in, in the mirror. Um, and yeah, there's a few you know kind of things that represent. Um, certain values uh, that that to me meant uh, you know yeah commitment toxicity uh, and independence really um, against you know codependency uh, or opposed to codependency in a relationship um, and that comes from a you know quite personal experience so yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it um i don't want to reveal too much i think like you, you really enjoy well, watching to, it to be fair we haven't had the video like edit back yet so we don't at this point don't yeah, well, really know what to I know expect what, either i know what we shot i, I knew that we I know wanted, we shot yeah <laughs> I, I wanted to do some scenes where you have like these kind of movements uh repeated you know from the bride's perspective and the demon's perspective and i couldn't remember the movements so i don't know what's it gonna look like i guys i really don't know so <laughs> I hope it's going to look all right, but if it doesn't, this is why. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to yeah, seeing that. Yeah, I was going to say, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I sure. hope it's going to be good. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure Sean will deliver, like, I've got every, every faith in Sean's yeah. ability. So. Okay, so you were talking earlier about um, you're working on an EP, so or you were looking at putting an EP out, so... Is that coming soon or? Yeah, I think like our loose plans kind of in the short term are just like, right, right, right. Um, an aspiration of ours is is to have a cle- like a collection of songs that we can release. Um, first half I, I think, of 2020, yeah, possibly, yeah. we've not got like solid plans to sort of share, I guess, at this point. But it's kind of inevitable that there's going to be an EP at some point um, next year, hopefully early next year. Um but yeah, like I, th- I think once we once we know what songs we've got and you know how, how they're well, sounding, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll once make we it, know what it means yeah. to us, because you know we've got material yeah, and yeah. we just wanted to make sense as an EP, obviously as an experience from the listener perspective. So 
Um, we're just looking at what we have, what we're writing at the moment and what needs to be finalized. And then we'll make a decision about, you know, what could go into... Um, yeah, it's got to make sense, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. We, we want, we want to, but we want to do that. Definitely. It's quite, I think it's quite a big thing for us is to, is to go for an EP. And you know, yeah. we, we, we've, we've found that the, the single approach is, is working well because it means that we can... Um, because it's very expensive doing this this stuff. We, we, yeah, as you know, a duo without a label It's cheaper in a well. way yes. to, to kind of, you know, as a new band, um, well, you can have a campaign around a single. Um, you can make the most of that release that you've put your time and money into producing. I guess with an EP, it's kind of a bit like you just throw the thing out potentially and, and that's it. Those songs are there to be consumed. You can't really release them again. Um, so we're kind of, <laughs> we're kind of waiting for the right, time the right songs for that for it all to happen the right concepts and things but yeah but yeah more to share that really. actually has to be doable for us so. yeah 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 we're looking at that aspect as well but we're really glad we have like management and, and, and with an agent like supporting us and getting us opportunities that you know also hopefully can, like financially will help us to to, to create this um okay. so yeah that, that's the objective we hope that we get there and yeah, you know, if not, there will be new music either way. It's just yeah. depend, depend on the format, but yeah. And has there been any record label interest in the band at all? We've had talks with yeah. a couple of people. I think we're kind of it's, a it's yeah. It's because we're such a new band. Um, there's not, um, you know, it's it's quite like you know our our, our fan base is still growing. You know, we're still establishing ourselves. So it's kind of finding like an option that would make sense in terms of yeah. what could be offered to us. We, we can't expect a label to like, you know, to, to offer um, huge, huge financial investments on, you know, a product that really, really hasn't found its market, you know, yet in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say like there's a few things that, you know, are still in the talks. Yeah. It's, it's just like, yeah, trying to understand what is in our best interest because it's very easy for for artists to you know say yes at first kind of thing that comes through um and thankfully we we do have a support system a really good team that can help us like identify what can be good for us what what can you know could be potentially damaging so um yeah, we're taking our, our sweet time to evaluate what's coming through. Um, yeah. We're making an eventually decision, but um, at the moment it's all kind of, you know, in the talks, I will say. But. Yeah, I think any anything we do in terms of what we want to do as a project isn't really going to change, you know. Yeah. Regardless, oh, yeah. we're yeah. still going to be doing the things we want to do. I think it just... Obviously, with the people on board, it will probably get faster. Move um, faster, yeah. We'll have, like, some support, but if it doesn't, we'll keep, you know, doing what the heck we want. I don't, we don't want to rush into anything, you know, ultimately. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're quite... Because um, we, like, record at home and stuff. We don't we don't need to go to, like, fancy studios to, you know, like, ultimately to do stuff. Although that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's definitely aspiration. But, yeah, there's a lot we can get done recording at home. Um, yeah, so and like like Alicia says, we've got a really cool, like, cool team behind us in terms of you know management. They, they're like a, a group of people that's offered just really invaluable advice. Yeah, um, yeah. And we are so naive to certain things. Without them, we would have probably really put ourselves in a bad position by now had we not had you know had that sort of advice. So, uh, so yeah. we're just following their lead to a degree, aren't we? Yeah. It's good that you've got some kind of solid sort of advice there. And and like you say, it's with the recording at home as well. It's, you know, things are so different to what they were 20, 30 years ago, where it just wouldn't have been possible. But now, you know, so many more things are achievable. And, and it means you can get out to a bigger market as well now. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's also hard to emerge, though. It's so much noise online. Right? It's so much because everybody can do it, as you said. Yeah. So it's really hard to emerge but um it, it's definitely easier um it allows you to get more creative more often so definitely a plus so we'll say yeah yeah it, it's a weird like kind of system to get caught up in i think like the social media stats and things it's always like a double-edged sword i guess yeah yeah like there's, there's some you know you'll see some projects that have 
like really high social numbers, but that doesn't really like ever translate to like a real sort of fan base. That, that would, yeah. Like, or, yeah, or the opposite. You know, well, yeah, or the opposite yeah, way around. So. You, you get bands which have got huge fan bases that come and see them, but the, the, the social presence is almost like more realistic of, yeah. of who that fan base is. It's hard to grasp and it's, what's real. Yeah, nowadays. and I think we're, we're, we're trying to get our heads around that, I guess, and just be, you know, like from doing these tours this year, we, we've made some connections with some amazing people that have real people. reached out to us. In yeah, real life, you've seen us and bought our merch. Um, yeah, and these, these are real people that don't just exist on the internet, yeah. occasionally liking posts. They are, yeah, but they're just genuine sort of, fans of the band and everything and it's yeah it's just been so crazy it's just that to happen you know for music we produced in the bedroom yeah and we wanted to expand on that and just uh yeah keep keep playing shows i guess and see where we can take it and not get too caught up i think in you know um in that sort of social media side of things perhaps as much mm-hmm. as we maybe have been but. it's funny you say that i've kind of done the opposite of that for you guys so We've seen you guys play twice. We've both got T-shirts. Um, I placed an order earlier today. Um, yes, I noticed that. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so we already posted it. Yeah, yeah. But but then I realised when I was sat at home that I wasn't actually following both of you from my personal Twitter. So I'd see all the updates on on the podcast Twitter. And then I, I can't remember why, but I was on my Twitter and went, "Why? Why am I not following these guys?" <laughs> well, it's, it's fine. Well, that that, that connects that, like, kind of, you know, it doesn't. If it's real, it matters more than than what is not. I yeah. think it's so important nowadays to to remember that because people are forgetting. They have been forgetting for the last I don't know, ten years <laughs> or more. So yeah, it's good exactly. to keep, like, you know, if you are buying more merch, you're doing so much more than even just liking a post or following a band on social media because that's that's when the real support comes from and then going to shows obviously because that's the other you know when there's stuff around that really helps um and, and gives the energy back because you know you're playing a show live that's when it, magic happens right you're kind of exchanging yeah. energies and and that's where you know the songs that you write in your bedroom come to life and mean something to somebody so um Besides me sitting on Spotify, that's also whatever platform. That's also like, yeah, it is better. Real is better, <laughs> always. <laughs> um, so you've just mentioned about obviously playing the shows. Um, you've got a couple of dates coming up with Bloody Wood supporting them and a couple of festivals in September. Have you got any touring plans beyond that at the moment? <laughs> I don't know. Do we? we're, we're hopefully doing some stuff. We're not, nothing's really. Nothing's been confirmed. No. We don't really know, but it would be cool to get on some sort of like support slot in October. But um, if that doesn't happen, then, you know, it will probably be 2023 touring opportunities rather than this year. Um, but no, at the moment, it's just, just those shows. Yeah. So kind of all people who know us and want to see us will come to those shows because I can't guarantee, we cannot guarantee we'll be around after that. It's been kind of, um, I felt bad in the way with the, the bloody with shows because we've had people like who really want to see us again being, being able to get tickets because those shows were already sold out. We were announced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really hope you get the opportunity to play um, some of the big cities again. Like I had such a great time, like seeing some of the, you know the northern cities that I've never been to before this yeah. year. Um, well, and we met some, we met some really cool people, haven't we? Like up in like oh God, Nottingham, yeah. and Glasgow. But I also really want to play Brighton, like sooner or later, because <laughs> we will be here. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could be in a list of things we really want to do. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Maybe by the yeah. end of the year, if not again in twenty twenty three, but. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It could be. It could be an autumn thing. It could not. But I don't know. Yeah, I, hope, I hope we get to see you again soon. Um, I hope we get to see you guys again soon. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was great to meet you both, like, in person. Um, yeah, it seems an age away. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I can't believe, Years like, ago. it's only been a couple of months, but it, it feels like a long time. Mental. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely nuts. crazy. Well, as soon as we can get to one of um, one of your gigs, then we will definitely be there. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much. I think it was, I think, is it Castle Fest when we were away? 
Yeah, and I think burn it down as well. We can't yeah. get to that one because that's in Torquay, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah. anyone who lives like outside of mm. Cornwall to, to go yeah. to Torquay. <laughs> Okay, so that's the end of the interview. Thanks so much, Blake and Alice, for joining us. It's been really great to chat with you again and catch up. It's been amazing to talk to you guys as well. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you like I, I meant. I think I mentioned it before, but um, like before we met at Download, um, I checked out your podcast because I think you spoke about um your experience of, of the the Death Blooms show in Nottingham, and you, yeah. you, know, you spoke a bit about us as well. So I checked out the podcast and yeah, I instantly become a fan of, you know, of Poddy and it was just amazing like to, to, to sort of hear such kind words about us and like I already knew that like it'd be easy to talk to you guys because you're just clearly very down to earth, lovely people. So yeah, we're just always happy to chat. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, anytime. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Well, hope you enjoyed that one. We certainly did. And if you got a chance to see Lake Malice Support in Bloodywood, let us know. And if you have got tickets for Burn It Down and Castle Fest, go and watch them. You will not regret it. That's about it from us this week. Again, the usual, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Ready to Moshcast. So give us a like and a follow there. And if you like what you've been listening to, tell people about the podcast as well. So thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week.